You are listening to the Path to Partner podcast on the Kyle Dempster Studios Network. Support this and other shows at patreon.com forward slash Kyle Dempster Studios. You can gain access to an exclusive new podcast, Patreon only. If you want to hear the inner workings of my weird mind, that's the place to go. We also have Twitch coaching lessons one-on-one time so we can check out what's going on with your channel as well as some cool other things, including uh, taking control of the stream for a day and being the director, as you will. We also have professional gamer status, which grants you whitelisted access to all of our gaming servers. So check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash Kyle Dempster Studios. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Path to Partner podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Gnarly Nate. How you doing this week, Nate? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today, Kyle? I am doing very well, thank you. This is our second episode, and I've heard we got some great feedback on the show already, so thank you very much to everyone out there that's taken a listen. Uh, As a reminder, this show is geared towards helping up-and-coming streamers or those that are already on their journey try and just uh, master some tips and tricks of the trade. Uh, I figured we'd do a little reintroduction this week because we're going to be talking about how to grow your Twitch stream. And this is also going to tie into another episode, which kind of talks about moderating your chat and kind of grooming your community, making it something into, you know, making it reflect what you really want it to be. So my name is uh, Kyle Dempster Studios over on Twitch. I've been a partner for about eight months now and a partnered streamer with ZeniMax Online Studios. They do the Elder Scrolls Online game. That's where I really cut my teeth and, and got partnership, went full time with it. So we're out there uh, uh, doing fighting the good fight, trying to, to grow the stream and always looking out for, for new opportunities. And along the way, this is where Nate and I's communities got together. So Nate, you also are an Elder Scrolls Online streamer. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so I am applying to partnership right now. So we're trying to we're trying to get over the hump right now. So I've been full time for about 10 to 11 months now. So it's been a pretty good journey. Um, went from variety. Then we started doing a lot of uh, Elder Scrolls. And then I went full like I did full on only playing Elder Scrolls. And now here we are. So uh, soon to be partner. Let's keep those fingers crossed. That's going to be very, very soon, man. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And 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 um, also we've talked that this is we're, we're getting into the good season of the year too nate and i talk a lot about twitch stuff it's where the podcast kind of idea came together um summertime can be really rough on twitch streamers uh so much so this is going to be something we talk about later on but so much so that as full-time streamers you might even want to think about that you might want to actually you know save your money and budget for summertime because you'd think that everyone's sitting down at the computer but in truth a lot of people are actually starting their own streams during the summer a lot of people are out vacationing you know they might be taking care of kids or other things so so twitch in the summer could be a surprising drought compared to other content has that has that proved to be something you've seen too over your years on twitch Oh, absolutely. So um, I've been on the platform since like 2015. So I've been an avid watcher. I did stream a little bit back then, but I didn't really take it serious till about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen it's always like fall and winter and springtime are good. Summertime is like a drought. There's just no uh, industry people releasing like any content, any games, anything along those lines. Usually they wait until, you know, close around Christmas where they can stockpile these games and fight over who can uh, (laughs) potentially sell more or anything along those. So summertime always seems to be a very uh, 
a very quiet time, a very it's one of the better building times for as a broadcaster. That's for sure, because you have a lot more time to actually talk to the community. The people that are there are going to be the people that um, you really build strong relationships with. But, yeah, summertime is one of the brutalist um, times of the year. I really think so. And and so why is that relevant? Well, we're recording this episode. It's uh, currently August 25th when we're doing this. And so, again, we're in that back to school season. And when I say that, that might sound strange, but it is really relevant. College students and high schoolers, which are make up a very large majority of Twitch, are they're going back. So people are actually traveling. And if they're going to college, they're moving to dorms. And I've got quite a few people from my chat that are doing the same thing right now. You know, they they're they're disassembling computers they're taking them and and this all ties together because if you're someone that has just started your stream in the middle of summer and wondered why maybe growth has been harder or where people have gone think about it from the more mobile perspective of where people are again vacationing they're traveling they're moving locations like it's a very uh, disconnected time like nate said when you get into that winter fall season everyone starts to kind of hunker in and it makes sense too right like if you're in a state where you're hiding inside during the winter you know you're all snuggled up next to your computer well if it's summertime you might very well be outside actually enjoying some reprieve from that and you're out you know doing stuff with family or whatever that's a huge thing as well kyle it's like um especially like if you if you think about the whole winter i mean there are so many people from the states you are like the eu and stuff and it, it's turning in the summer the only other places are like south america or like even australia and stuff mm-hmm. a lot of those people are going through winter but for the vast majority of the people that watch twitch it's almost all the northern hemisphere so once we get just like what Kyle said with the whole everyone's going back to school, everyone's moving, everyone's trying to do everything before it starts getting cold. It's almost like they're entering hibernation and then they'll <laughs> start coming in and watching. But uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting to see the stats overall, but it definitely it's it's tried and true. It's happened for since the beginning of Justin TV all the way to now. It just never it's just historically the three four months in the summertime take a big hit that's so funny because we are the ones we we as streamers hibernate in the summer like we got to pack on all of our fat before <laughs> before the summer months start uh then we're just hot sweaty streamers sitting in front of our thing so so balance that accordingly but um we're gonna start you guys off talking today about one of the most entry-level ideas of twitch and that is the twitch directories because when you look at the twitch browse tab you are hit with a an overwhelming show of force between games of, uh, you know, whether it's Fortnite or Minecraft making its big return. I mean, there's so many games. World of Warcraft is getting its classic back soon. So uh, there is so much. I'm actually going to pull up the, the browse tab right now as I'm talking. But I mean, it is it is jam packed with games. And so where do you actually find your place in, in the directory? Nate, do you have any like immediate thoughts that come to mind before we dive deeper? Yeah, because I was a um, I was a variety broadcaster. So one thing you got to look at is every game has a shelf life, depending on what type of game it is. MMOs and a few other games as well, like free release games, like say like Fortnite or anything, Minecraft. They all kind of have a shelf life. So when you're definitely picking your game, um, you definitely should look and see. Like I would research a little bit, see what, you know, like if you want to play single player story driven games, you're going to see how long they usually stay on the market and how long their lifespan is in the Twitch world before, you know, you decide to dive all in. Um, 
I dove into ESL. Thankfully, that is that game has a good track record and it's always been around. It has its lows, but it still has its highs and it mm-hmm. always kind of comes back. It's one reason why I was looking into it. I thought it would be a good thing, but Kyle's nailed it pretty good. It's um yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at the directory here. This is a big change because when I really got serious about streaming, I think about the same time as you. I think you said two years back about... Um, and that for me, I, it was about summer 2017 when I really was considering, okay, I, I had no interest in really streaming before then. And I was getting in there. It's funny. Player Unknown's Battleground was the top game on the directory. And, and you can surely remember that they were kicking so much butt and, and it's not that they've totally fallen, but they've fallen by approximately a hundred thousand viewers. They are now sitting in like the 15th spot on the list. Yeah. And then before that, it was H1Z1. And then before that, there's always something before. Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was League of Legends. And League of Legends is still up there. But it kind of has its rotations. It has its shelf life in the the Twitch universe. There's still people that come to those. But it really, you really got to kind of figure out um, when, when to hop into a game, what's the best time to do it, how you can grow and stuff along those. That's why we're doing this podcast right now. Exactly. Now, you might be out there listening and hearing what we're saying about what game's the top and saying, should I be streaming Fortnite or, or well, tonight it looks like Overwatch is top on the list. Should I be the, an Overwatch streamer? And, and I want to just, just caution uh, I, I like to caution a lot of streamers when, and I like to look at Fortnite even more so, cause I'm more familiar with this, this conversation than I am with Overwatch. I don't want to speak to a directory that I'm unfamiliar with. I'm not a Fortnite watcher, but one of the most important and one of the hardest things to do as, as a brand new streamer is to start establishing that recurring audience. As much as it sucks to say that you are a numbers driven streamer, And as much as you should, in my opinion, actively work not to worry about your numbers, numbers are kind of the thing on Twitch. I mean, that is how we are sorted. That is how we it is exponential growth. The closer you are to the top of a directory, the easier it is for others to discover you. And this is where I want to throw in that word of of warning that if you look at a game like Fortnite, where I have just scrolled down pages worth and I'm still at streamers, this used to be a lot worse. I can actually see the decline in the game, but it used to be that you would scroll through pages of streamers that already had 100 or so viewers and to try and get down to someone that would just be starting someone that might have one to five people in their audience. I mean, it would take somebody an insane amount of time. That is not to say you can never stream the game, but it is to say that if you're looking to be discovered, yikes. <laughs> Getting someone to scroll down, you know, 30 things worth to find you is going to be a very, very hard thing. Um, that's where I think kind of where Nate really nailed it on the head. We, we both play Elder Scrolls Online. We're not saying you need to play that. But if you find a game like it where it has done historically well, um, it it always holds. I, I like to say the sweet spot of a video game is a 1,000 to maybe 5,000 viewers. Um, because there's some discoverability options there. Do you what? What's your kind of number, Nate? Do you have an idea of a ballpark of the the viewership you like to see for a game directory? 
Yeah, so um, it, it really this is where my because I believe that if you stream and they, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I believe if you I because I came from a variety background and mm-hmm. I've I've created a really great foundation through variety broadcasting. It's a lot slower and it's a lot harder to really grow. But I do have like a, like a golden rule for my metrics and stuff. I never I go on Twitch and I never stream the first three rows of games. I tried mm-hmm. to keep it between 6,000 to 1,000 viewers on there, so it's, uh-huh. easier, it's easier for you to get noticed. Um, when I click into a directory, I see the number change, so um, I just clicked ARC right now, so there's 700 for the first one, the second 100, 209, eight, you know, it kind of goes down and it has a pretty good gap in between. So if I have like an average viewer, like an average audience of like 30, um, I like to go in and see like, okay, I know there's going to be 30 people that are dedicated. They're going to come in and watch my channel. So then I go look and see where I'd be at on the, the, um, the directory. Like it, would I be too far down or would, would someone have to scroll all the way through like Fortnite about, you know, like 10 scrolls before they can find me. So um, I used to do that a lot and the growth was pretty good. It was, it was like, I, it was a lot slower than what I did when I got in a single game category. But you also got to you got to be realistic with it. You got to see how diluted the the whole entire um, directory is and where you would sit in it. Um, it's it's such it's it's uh, it's not a proven formula, but it definitely has helped me in a lot of astronomical ways. And that's why, like when I found Elder Scrolls, it was about it was five thousand average viewers in the directory. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like there was maybe like 10 to 15 people that were sitting at about 100, 200, 300. And then there was a lot of like 20s and 30s. And, you know, so that's when I was like, oh, well, this directory seems like really good. And plus, I really wanted to try the game. And I hopped in and I just flourished. And after building my building myself in this category and building a community and having a strong showing where there's always 70 to like, a hundred plus people in my community. Now, when I branch out and I do do a, um, like a single player story driven game, a lot of people like to then come into the channel. And I, so now like, instead of me going into these directories, having, you know, 30 people, now I'm going in with 70 people, which increases mm-hmm. my chance to really build the audience and grow from there. Absolutely. That, that is such a great point. And I, I like that our metrics were almost on par to the, the, the almost the same exact number there that, that, that 1000, uh, to 6,000 range is a really safe one. Now, again, it's not to say that you can't pick a more obscure game, but as a full-time streamer who does, you know, cut his teeth and makes his, his you know, living off of off of streaming, um, and, and this might not apply to you, listener, who may be just doing this as a hobby, too, uh, it can be challenging to pick pure passion games that don't perform well on on Twitch. Like I finally gave myself a little bit of an on-screen vacation where I went and I played a game I love, Surviving Mars, but the directory itself has like 20 viewers. Now, what that means is your chance of making new friends in that directory horribly low. That means that there's only 20 other human beings that are actively watching that thing. That means no one's really going to accidentally fall into that directory. That means that, well, it probably means that the 20 people that are watching it at that time are already invested in a streamer that's there. They've already, you know, shown that they're watching something on there. Um, That doesn't mean you can't grow there, but it does mean the odds are pretty stacked against you just because there's not this 
healthy number of other eyeballs out there to be shared around. And and Twitch is very interesting when it comes to sharing your eyeballs. Um, a, a discussion for a later date is to remember that you don't own your viewers. You know, they are people that are, you know, they come in, they hang out with you, and hopefully you make great friends with them. But never worry if they move on to something else. Uh, it's it's just the way the platform works. And, and kind of Nate even talked about that too with the shelf life of a game, right? We all go through as gamers uh, interest phases between all games. You know, if it's an MMO, it might have a new piece of content coming out that draws a lot of people back to it. Or it might be downtime for that game where there is nothing coming out for it. And it's, you know, in a little bit of a, a sleepy cycle, if you will. Uh, that that also goes for the big releases too, right? Like it's going to be very interesting to track what happens to WoW Classic, man. I am so interested to see because there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people playing WoW Classic. And right now it's at 20,000 viewers tonight. But I want to know what that looks like in a month from now. Like, is it even, has everyone moved on? Is it going to be the new thing? Like what? What is going to happen with all, you know, I, I, I'm just so curious to see how those stats shake out. It's going to be super interesting um, just because people are revisiting like an older game and it's like they had nostalgia and this nostalgia is going to change. So and I'm a, such an analyzing guy. Like I love looking at stats and I love looking at everything. And honestly, when you're like doing anything in Twitch, you want to make sure you're watching and trying to like predict. It's like you're almost like it's almost like you're like a when you're choosing games outside of one directory that you're trying to grow in and you're choosing a game you want to stream to grow off of. It's literally like a stock market. You're like, OK, do oh, I yeah. think this is going to be good or do I not? This that's where like a lot of the hype, like you read like Kotaku articles, you read IGN articles, you figure out what's getting updates, what's not getting updates, what's new, what could potentially you got to have like your inside and like try to figure out what people are hyped on. Um, uh, but another topic I did want to touch on mm -hmm. was the one where you said that you do not own your viewers, which I know we're going to talk about on oh, the yeah. other date. One thing is people will come in and watch your content and their content, your content may not be for them. They may come in and they're polite and they hang out and then they never come back again. Um, you should never be worried about that in that topic. I mean, we'll go way further <laughs> deep in this in another time. Yeah. But you should never have to worry. Don't worry about that. If they if they didn't like your content, you know, maybe you're just not for them. That's another thing. It's like you should never try to get hung up on like um, people that are coming in. And that's one thing that's very hard as a new beginning streamer is you get really hung up on you know, like if we're like, oh, do they not like me? Because it's almost a, your streams are direct reflection mm -hmm. on yourself. So people, you are like, oh, no, like, please come back. Love me. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. So you just got to remember that sometimes your content may not be for them. Um, and it's just it's a whole. But it's it's definitely like the whole uh, streaming thing is the stock market. You got to try to figure out what's what and. I'm just rambling on now. I could you're, go on forever. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, that that is definitely a topic we, I think, in the future should dive into deep because, I, 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 conversely, like as my, I 100% in in practicality and theory agree with like what you just said that you shouldn't ever get hung up on that. But also, don't don't be chastising yourself if you are worrying about it. You want to move on, but don't beat yourself up over it because I think all of us. I'll tell you, I'm in one of those phases right now where I'm like, Kyle, how can you do better? You need to do 
do better, do better. And that is, I think, part of being a content creator, too. I have heard that for years since back way back in. I'd say my first interest in creating content comes from like 2008. I was playing WoW and I was listening to an amazing uh, World of Warcraft podcaster. And he would talk about things similar to that, too, where it's like, you know, as content creators, we always overanalyze what we're doing. I don't it's a mixed bag if I even want to use the word overanalyze. We analyze both good and bad what we do. You know, we're always most judgmental towards ourselves. But also as a content creator, there is value in healthy evaluation of your content because that does lead to breakthroughs. And I think that's something, again, we should definitely revisit in the future because, man, giving your your stream a, a critical eye, uh, maybe even on some sort of rough schedule, I'm not saying you need to set an exact date, but if you go through and almost do like spring cleaning on your stream and like change your overlays and change your alerts and things like that, that can really bring some excitement back into your your stream. But again, we could probably go on forever about that. Oh, absolutely, man. And then... um. Another uh, topic I kind of wanted to retouch on as well that we said earlier that I kind of missed over was when you were talking about like we were we were brought up a lot about um, variety broadcasting. We're talking a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Another reason why I do believe that single single um, category or like one game growth is more important. And if you said this about the eyes, sorry, I kind of missed it earlier. Um, more eyes you get, you build healthier relationships. And a lot of broadcasting is due to building healthier relationships with other broadcasters as well. And the longer you're in like a game, like say ESL, the more that other broadcasters get familiar with you. And then they bring in their community to share with yours and then you bring your community to share with them and what it is is it gets more eyes on you and the more eyes you get on you the more people are more intrigued and that's another way of really showing yourself to the whole twitch universe because when you play single player games a lot of people much rather host their friends or raid their friends but if you're in like a single game category, a lot of people like to raid new broadcasters um, that they checked out last night. So that way they can, you know, help grow. And because a lot of broadcasters are in it to help others grow. And I'm sorry, I'm going back and touching on other topics. My brain was all over the place. But yeah, that's like another thing I really wanted to go over for the single category growth over, you know, variety, because I have been talking a lot about variety. Well, that that's a very very good point, and 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 I'm gonna pivot just a little bit to a, a, a site that might help you kind of help find a, a good directory for you. It's not foolproof, but it is called Twitch Strike, and you're gonna find this in the show notes. TwitchStrike.com. Again, not foolproof, but this is a site that kind of helps you analyze to find some of those directories. Um, I really do recommend, like I said earlier, uh, you want to find games that you're passionate about, but you also need to find if, if streaming and finding success on stream is what you're after. If it's not so much a hobby, if it's something that you definitely want to hone as well, if it's a hobby, you want to really hone and make fine tuned or if it's something you eventually hope to make into a career then 
something like this can help guide you. Uh, it's, again, balancing passion with functionality. And so twitchstrike.com is a great one that kind of gives you rundowns of what games are good to stream at this hour. What are good games to get into? And, and it, what it was evaluating when it says what's a good game is it looks at how many people are actually watching that directory. It looks at how many, it says the amount of viewers owned by the top 5%. Kind of ironic saying we, we don't own your viewers, yet they use the term own. But what that means is um, a directory that let's say it has 5,000 people, it falls in that like golden area we were talking about. If it's a directory with 5,000 viewers, but one streamer owns five, well, if they own, let's say, 490, uh, I'm sorry, 4,900 of those those uh, views, that means there's only 100 non, you know, non from that one streamer viewers out there. That's a really clunky way of saying it. But what I mean to say is it sounds like in that category, one big person has come over to the game, probably just for a night. They brought a lot of people with them, but the actual directory without that big streamer may be horribly low on the list. It may hmm. be back in that danger zone we discussed. This Twitch strike one thing that helps. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one thing that um, they, they actually called this, a, they, like uh, another broadcaster I know called it, it's called a syndrome. Mm. It's like called the soda popping and the lyric syndrome. Oh. They go over and play these these games that it's like, you know, lyrics playing it with 26,000 viewers watching them. And there's no one else in there. So what these other broadcasters do is they're like, well, lyrics playing. I'm going to hop in. People are going to notice me and I'm going to blow up off of this. Huh. And another thing it's like not the right way of doing it because the viewer spread on it is literally all lyric. And there's probably like 15 other people watching the directory or clicking through because they're trying to figure out what's going on. And that's where it's happened. So that's where like it's kind of goes where Kyle's saying where it's like the one the person came over for one night and they're just like they're bored. So they downloaded a game for nine dollars off of Steam. Yeah. see what it's about. So definitely be wary about that because some people see that and they think they're going to make their they're going to make their living off of it. Or like Co-Carnage will play, um, I don't know, Witcher 2. And then people try to stream it to like, you know, get the the residual that falls off. But it, it never works. It sounds like it would work, but it, it never works the way people think. Man, that's such a great point. It, I didn't hear that syndrome named that before, but it's one to watch out for. Um, now, I, I, I do think there is some benefit uh, if, if, you, if you are someone that has yet to pull the trigger on streaming, if you're someone that's listening to this before you've ever done it, I would give the advice that you are very fine to pick a directory that you do enjoy, a, a game you enjoy, and... You could try out your rough spots definitely in in a, in a in a lower directory if you so choose. So what I mean by that is a lot of streamers that have never done streaming before in the past, or a lot of soon-to-be streamers, will be nervous about how overlays work, alerts work, you know, you name it, camera. How are they going to do this? How are they going to balance reading a chat versus seeing the game and all that sort of stuff? There is no harm. I actually did test stream um, in a in a directory that wasn't a very popular. I think it was Star Trek Online is where I very first got the 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 bug for streaming. Like that's where I first I was just like. I've got a computer. Let me press the button. Let me go stream live. And this was like two years or a year or so before I ever, you know, thought about streaming in a serious way. But it was a fine chance to do it because I kind of learned. It got me to install OBS and I'm sure my stream looked like hot garbage because I had no idea what bitrate was versus this, that, and the other. 
So, you know, there, there can be something said about, about starting and, and really getting over your rough eras in, in smaller games. But, you know, like we said, if, you were, if you're looking to seriously put together a community and you're, you're mentally and, and you're whatever prepared to do so, it, it's good to find a good spot. And I hope that something like TwitchStrike.com can help you. Also, another one to throw out there, though I don't know how good this one is at finding games. I think you use it more than me, Nate. But Social Blade is a good one, too, for tracking your own personal stats and, and growth like that. Yeah, there's a plethora of um, uh, websites that are out there to track your stats as well. I wish I had them all lit up, but you literally can type in Twitch stats or Twitch stats for whatever your names it, your names are. And I use those a lot to try to gauge because I think Social Blade has the projections mm-hmm. and I actually make it a little and like I'm I'm, try, I'm not a numbers guy. Like I, you have to be a numbers guy when you're going for partnership or you're like, you know, you are doing this full time. You have to care about them a little bit. But you also have to care about the human element of it. Mm-hmm. But I do love to try to like beat those stats that they say. Like they're like, well, you're you're not going to get 200,000 <laughs> views before this date. I'm like, oh, you wait, give me two months, man. We got this. But um. That's like the huge thing as well as uh, I use a lot of those sites, but I caution you to use those very, very lightly mm-hmm. because those ones are all algorithm based. They're like, OK, well, this person's got this many follows in this amount of time. And what happens is, is you can never control the human element of it. So what can happen is, is out of nowhere, you know, Twitch makes an oopsie and you like, you know, one wants to watch Twitch. So your viewership takes a hit or maybe the game you're streaming takes a hit. So I say, look at them, you know, learn from them, try to see like what maybe what you're doing that month versus this month. But I would definitely caution about being obsessed with it because I see a lot of broadcasters literally fall into this pit where. They are just watching their algorithm and like they're trying to figure out what they're doing right and they're not hitting the numbers they're hitting. So it kind of like tears them down on the inside. So, 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 so true. I that's so accurate right there. Um, Let's let's also talk a little bit about twitch tags because this is something that is not i don't know i haven't heard too many people talk about this and and i think i think it kind of ties into the conversations we're just having about um you know certain directories and like you said there's algorithms involved but but this is something that transcends it a little bit and that's again twitch tags these are in your dashboard your creator dashboard and they're under uh let's see it's right under got category i've got audience now and then there's tags so these guys are really fickle as you move games they sometimes get wiped off of your account so keep an eye on them um, but these can be an interesting way to meet people if you're playing in some kind of niche. Now, I myself stream under the LGBTQIA plus tag that they have, and I've met a lot of people through there. Uh, a lot of people will tend to, to go through and, and try and find uh, other members of the community that way. And some of them are extremely lackluster. Like, I always throw on there playing with beginners, and I think I can even maybe track my stats here i think twitch now tells us which tags are performing well oh the mmorpg tag performs terribly for me one percent of my community has used that to uh to filter stuff out i think that's when twitch just slaps on there if you're playing an mmo but but these tags can be used in certain ways to kind of help you out nate do you use them in any capacity 
I will admit, I because I I got a an or a uh, HCC Vive and I was using it, and I uh-huh. accidentally forgot to take off the VR thing, and I was playing Elder Scrolls in VR, and I accrued over a hundred views. Um, people just just coming in off that tag oh, from wow. the first stream. I forgot about it. So I use certain tags depending on what it is. Like um, when I did PvP the other day, I decided to throw out the PvP tag and I've I've crewed like 70 people from it, which I know that over the whole grand scheme of things with, um, you know, views to how many people are actually coming. It's pretty small percent, but people do like to go through and um, and use tags to see what's going on, like the Ask Me Anything, uh, the LGBTQA is uh, is amazing. Um, I'm I'm very LGBTQA uh, like positive, and like that's what I am. Like, come in, like you know, this is a safe haven for everyone. Doesn't matter where you're at. But what it is, it's like people want to find like minded people, and mm-hmm. that's always going to be good. So I do have people that come in through certain tags and stuff, but not. You're a little bit more of an expert than I am because. I'm kind of dull when it comes to putting down my tags. (laughs) I mean, it. My stats are showing it's a real mixed bag. Like it's saying, uh, it says I get 92% tag traction through the LGBTQIA plus uh, tag. Then playing with viewers pulls in a four percent. So I'd say if you're playing any game out there that allows you to play with viewers, don't forget, don't miss that opportunity to do that. Um, I guess it's maybe also a good like reminder to self to try some other ones, though their tag system is weird. Like Twitch could really t- take another, you know, hammer to this and try and fix it up because it's mm, the fact, like I said, that it dumps your tag sometimes like for. OK, I get certain ones where if it knows you're going from one directory to another, it maybe it would dip uh, and delete. I don't know if you're doing PvP and you're going to a, a single player game, it would get rid of that. But it dumping the LGBT plus tag is kind of an odd one for it to get rid of when I'm just moving over to another game. So I, I, I think in many ways it can be a lot of work for people, but it is something to mess around with. And if it becomes too much work, if you're moving between those directories, maybe see which tags work best for you and at least put the one down. Because I know obviously which one I'm going to continue to slap on there. It's the one that has the most effect. But like trying to sort through this list that has some crazy tags in there. And I like BlizzCon has its own tag, um, but there's not a tag titled like questions or anything like that. I mean, there might be. I'm sure there's like a question and answer sort of thing. But I just searched right now question and it didn't come up because I was thinking, well, I like to be new player friendly. What if they want to ask questions? Can I tag myself with like that would be a really good one, right? Like ask me for help or something like that or or I don't know. I do know two two thing. I do know two two that um, are very utilized in mm-hmm. it with looking through like the stats and stuff. Um, speed running. If yeah. you're doing 100, percent they use their tags and people actually click it to find speed runners that are doing certain things. So if it's like 100 percent or whatever. So I do know those are very utilized, and the the language are the two most yeah. utilized. Because if you switch the the tag for the um, the language, it uh, changes everything as well, too. So those are the two I do know. I remember hearing about that are the most utilized for the tags. Everything else kinds of be lost in translation because a lot of people, you know, we're kind of creatures of habit. We click a tab, we scroll through and find stuff. Um, but I do know. So I do know like the uh, the speedrunning community and the languages are most used for those tags. I had the most hits on Twitch. 
Well, there you go. And if you guys want, I'm sure there's also some really good articles. I, I would imagine someone has posted some articles about maybe best practices for tags. We could also go into that in detail in the future if you would be so interested. Uh, I, I've just never taken a huge deep dive, but I definitely think you guys should give it a shot. If you've not already applied some to your stream, you absolutely should. It's a Twitch tool, so make sure you're taking advantage of it. Now, this one is very relevant to growing your Twitch stream but it will change on you. And that is the balance of your stream schedule. So everyone, I think every streamer out there has some form of opinion on this. And I, again, I think your stream schedule should change based on your different situations in life, where your Twitch stream stands, meaning like, what do you consider yourself to have a healthy audience? Are you still very much beginner? Like exactly where are you, I think will dictate your schedule. Nate, do you maybe want to start off talking a little bit about this? Because you recently set a schedule, right? When we first met, you didn't <laughs> have one. Or not yeah, that I had seen. <laughs> I was all over the place, but it was mostly due to internet issues. Mm. Um, it's almost like it's almost like a TV show, guys. And th this is the best. I do think you should have a schedule. I think you should at the beginning you should definitely test out, or when you get a little bit more established, test out what times are going to be best for you, due to like work or whatever else along those lines. But um, you should definitely have a schedule, which is weird for me to say because I didn't have one. Um, you should have a schedule because it's like a TV show. If you every single day, you know, oh, I don't know what the kids watch these days. Uh, just dumb out dating myself. Scooby, yeah, no, I like <laughs> Walking Dead. You watch Walking Dead every day from <laughs> six o'clock to you know like ten o'clock, and that's that's the time you watch it, and you watch it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You and but then one day you come in and Scooby Doo is not there or you know Walking Dead's not there. What do you do? You go find another channel to watch, and that's why it's super important. If because the thing is, is your your viewers they're they're probably there because of the convenience of life. Like you know, they they look through this directory every single day while they're at work, and they have you know four hours after lunch because they get all their stuff done. Um, if they work or, you know, maybe after school, they have like four hours. So it's almost like a convenience thing. And if you're not there, people will end up just getting up and going and find someone else. So you want to stick to a strict schedule. You want to have what it is and you want, you know, you want to have your time frame. You want to try to always be online, which is so weird for me saying this because like Kyle said, I never had a schedule, but <laughs> it does make all the difference in the world is sticking to a schedule. It really does for all the reasons that Nate said. And, I, and like I said, there's going to be times in your life that you want to readjust the schedule. Um, I myself, I'm doing that right now. I was streaming at 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm moving it a little bit earlier because I found that my community was going to bed. Um, I, I, I'm a guy that streams five days a week, eight hours a day minimum. And that's, I would say, the base standard for a full-time streamer. I mean, that's a full-time job standard. So, but what I was finding is, okay, uh, let's talk my time zone for a second. So mountain time, that puts me two hours behind Easter. And I found, well, around my, what was it? Like my 10 PM. So I'm getting towards the eight hour mark or even a little bit before that. A lot of my audience was getting sleepy like chat was getting quiet people were leaving a lot of people were you know saying good night and 
Why? Well, on the East Coast, it's about midnight. So if it's a, you know, if it's a Tuesday night, they've got to go back to work tomorrow. So I, you know, you got to kind of accommodate that. Now, there are all kinds of different things and we could probably do a solo episode just on time schedules because there is something to breaching other zones. Like if you can, if you have, if you're a marathon streamer. If you stay awake, you can go through those little lulls when people go to sleep and you can make it till the new time zone when people wake up. So where the East Coast people are falling asleep on you, if you go a little bit longer, you'll actually get the Europeans waking up to watch your stream. So it's very funny how that works. But what's important for you, and it's always going to be a little bit different in your directory because you might want to even be dodging larger streamers or something like that in your category. Who I, I can't speak exactly, you know, one size fits all. But I can say you might want to look at adjusting times, toying with different times, and Twitch will show you stats for these sort of things, too, in your channel analytics, because you can actually see what times of day. Or maybe it's, your, it's actually your stream summary. I'm sorry. Your stream summary will give you an average viewer count breakdown. So I, I can look at mine and see, ah, you know, now, now at my tail end is a lot more of a plateau. Uh, that I've changed my stream schedule compared to before, where it was actually a decline. And that I attribute to, well, now about the end of my stream is just 10 p.m. Eastern time instead of midnight. So that's just a little bit of an example, and I hope we're not overwhelming you guys too much information at once, but the stats are there to kind of guide you, but like Nate said earlier, use the human element too. You can always ask your chat what they like as well and kind of get some feedback from them. Yeah, another thing is like, and if you can establish like a Discord and social media, which is something we're definitely going to be talking about here. Um, when you get people into the Discord or you get people on your Twitter or even Instagram, when you do say like you do have like a, you know knowledge, like you say you have a dentist appointment and you have to miss stream or you have to start like two hours earlier, you can then have people connected through Discord, Twitter and stuff like that. And you can let them know. And that's where like you can start like being like, you know, I'm going to be streaming two hours earlier or I'm going to be streamed two hours late, depending on this. And then you can be really connected with people outside of Twitch as well. Such a good point. And yeah, let's let's move right into that because that's kind of the next thing. And, and again, if you guys are interested, we can do almost solo episodes, like one-offs, directly on these topics individually. Like we're trying to give you the most cursory overview we can in one hour. Uh, but but these things on their own warrant massive discussion and, and, and such depth. So probably we'll actually plan on doing that is, you know, we're going to talk social media for a couple of minutes here. But in the future, we'll deep dive probably honestly feel like an hour just on Twitter as one singular platform. But transitioning for the time we have Twitter, Instagram, Discord. These seem to be to me the largest spots on the internet um, for the modern Twitch goer. Uh, Discord being not the typical. It's not like the other two I mentioned. This is not just a platform where you're posting updates. This is a back and forth conversation. And I would say that every Twitch streamer should have a Discord. Now, there is some debate about that. You know, some people feel like that's overwhelming, but you really should have some sort of home base. And it's probably going to be Discord because it's free. I don't think the day and age, I, I actually knew someone last, even last year, like last fall running TeamSpeak. And I was like, 
why what <laughs> team speak is this is this the 90s again like what is good team speak really okay discord's free it is flashy they're involved in the community they are up on on their sort of um like they are integrated with many different things including spotify and twitter and twitch like for example to talk about how integrated you can link your twitch and discord together and you will um if you're an affiliate, your people in your Discord server can actually get your uh, your sub emotes. They'll get those over on Discord. They can also get a specific uh, sub only role in the Discord server. And again, we can do full dives into Discord in the future. But just to say, like Nate said, this is a great place. You use this to post updates. I always do that because sometimes my streams, I try not to, but recently I've had them starting, you know, with a two hour difference and and so i've been posting like uh oh running late as i readjust my life so it's a really good place for that people do stay tuned into it because also like nate said if people don't know when to expect you that kind of puts people off balance i guess there's a plethora of things that uh discord also offer like when you become partnered to say you have 800 plus members in your discord, you also can apply for a partnership through them, which they have a lot of perks and amazing things as well, too. Um, and that's one reason why I utilize it. I mean, um, just because they are so integrated with the Twitch experience that like if you ever need anything, they're kind of there as well, too. Um, but it definitely is more for like, you know, if I'm going to post, I'm going like, to be live or like. You know, it's 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 a home base where you can contact your community off of stream. And that is a huge thing you should have. So that way, instead of them tuning into Walking Dead and they're like, what the what the heck, man? There's nothing here. Now they're like, oh, OK, well, what, what's going on? Twitter, let's go to Discord. Oh, OK. So, you know, he's running late because he finally had a dentist appointment. <laughs> and that, it's like a huge thing. It's a huge way of like bridging the gap in communication. Yeah. That's so important. And then Twitter, uh, that is a an interesting platform because there are growth opportunities on Twitter. And and I, I think the same can be said for Instagram. I am fully admitting my bias here that I find Instagram to be a lot harder. In one of the most basic ways is that you can't easily get people to click on a link. Twitter, or I'm sorry, Instagram does not let you put links in your stories unless I think you have over what, like 10,000 followers or something. So there's a big hurdle before you can even get your account validated to get the uh, the story sharing sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, you, if you put links in your, your photo description there, people can't actually click it. So you got to say, go to my profile and... Sure, that's not the end of the world, but it is still extra work that you're hoping the viewer of this post will be interested enough to make that multi-click conversion. And that's asking a lot in the modern era, I think. Super. Convenience is 100% key with anything you do nowadays. People love convenience. They do. And that's where I think Twitter... I, I again, I'm just biased to like Twitter. Twitter gives you a lot more variety, whether you want to post um, a photo you took, a GIF or a video that you created to say that you're going live or whatever you're doing like that. You know, you could use a video to announce an upcoming, you know, marathon stream you're doing like it just offers variety that I, I guess kind of most of those things are over on Instagram. But. Ah, Twitter just does it a little bit better. 
But ultimately, you need to find where your audience, this audience you want to tap into, where are they? Because I was treating Twitter like a dead platform. If you guys don't remember, a couple years back, Twitter was actually dying. They were were losing more uh, users than they were actually gaining, which is kind of scary if you think about it. But Twitter's since turned things around. And I also, along that path, learned that the Elder Scrolls audience is there. They are very active on Twitter. So I made sure that I started to promote some sort of presence over there as well. And it's one of those things I'm always trying to like kick my butt and do better over there. I try and post a lot, but I don't. Gosh, we really need to do an episode more of a self-help episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it will. That's the, the huge thing with Twitter is like, um, uh, you, yeah, Twitter is a whole nother beast. I'm, I'm OK with doing a whole the whole increment on just like social media in general. There's so much people need because the conversion rates, the conversion rates really low on Twitter, like mm-hmm. pulling people like you can post a video and it gets like seven or I don't know, 18,000 views. And the conversion rates like four people come to your Twitch just because that's how it is. It's kind of like one of those things where, you know, you're kind of like spaced out and you're scrolling through and you're like, oh, that video is funny. Like it and then just forget about it, or maybe like follow the person. And um yeah the whole segment we need to do another segment on but i'm going to run through some really quick points another thing you should do is if you're on twitter don't just post going live post because people want to see more about you like post you know your setup like a photo of your setup or like you know tweet out something that's funny or like getting conversations with people that are following you on twitter or like reply back but if you just do going a live post every single day people will like just take what you're saying on twitter and be like oh just live going live post next and then because like they're trying to just skim through it but uh, it's just one of the yeah we gotta have a whole nother segment (laughs) on this dude i can't get into it (laughs) i need uh i need a clone of myself that all he does is watch for what might be an interesting moment that in my real life that I can convert over there. I like I just took a picture of tea that I made and I put it up there because it was something more than me just watching Netflix and eating dinner like a gross slob. And so uh, and that has like, I don't know, at least I just posted it not long ago. and There's like six people responding to it about how much they like tea. And it's it can be little things like that, that like like Nate was just saying, it breaks up the monotony of, hey, I'm just using this as a going line. Um, it depends again on what kind of degree of a a streamer you are if you are a a newer streamer and you don't stream too often you may still have a lot of personal life left i think if you're someone like naderai that's doing it full time and doing it like eight hours a day i feel mentally drained a bit and like i don't have much other content to share even though it does exist so like you said we should we should leave it kind of about here um and then do a deep dive in it because i think what you said there's also a balance between how much effort you're putting into it versus the reward you get. Cause you said only four viewers might come through from that. But then again, to a lot of people, and I would even say myself included, I'll take those four viewers that are coming over from there, you know, as long oh, as, absolutely. as long as I'm not spending hours on it, you know, if it's, that's what kind of got me off of YouTube for a little while was I was like, I don't like the creation process. And I, I we should talk about YouTube too, for just a sec, that that's a great way to get your name out there as well. But be careful, balance the amount of effort you're putting into any of these platforms and kind of that's that audit I mentioned earlier, audit it on a fairly regular basis and say, am I wasting too much time on this versus 
what I'm getting out of it. You know, if I was spending hours mocking up images for Twitter or something like that, and no one was coming through for it, that's a huge waste of time. Like immediately stop, hit the brakes, reevaluate your strategy. Um, but you know, if you're doing something as simple as like, let me take a selfie or a picture of my dog or a picture of my tea, and then you throw that up there and it all in all takes you what a minute and a half, maybe proof check proof reading and all like, great. That's, that's nice. So We'll, we'll go much further into that, but but we're kind of in the last 10-ish minutes of the show, and I think this is a good time to leave you with the last. I wanted to add this in here because it's something I'm working on right now. Uh, it is a long-term thought for you, and this is, again, one of those things where I'm currently auditing it, and that is building a mailing list. Uh, we as content creators never know the longevity of a platform. I think you said this earlier, Nate, that that Twitch could make a boo-boo and everyone hates Twitch because they did something politically incorrect and, you know, or whatever the situation might be. They may, I don't know, Amazon dis dissolves them overnight because Jeff Bezos just wants a new yacht or something. <laughs> it's possible. Um, but, but we just don't know where our audience, it, it, we need those different paths to keep in contact and some people like a good old-fashioned newsletter and there is value to it i mean that why do you think companies spend thousands and thousands of dollars managing those those newsletters you know whether it's your favorite clothing brand or it's apple or you know whoever it is they don't send newsletters just because <laughs> like not 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 realistic they send it because there is some sort of conversion and click-through rate to it so i myself set up one um and and that'll I'll put that in the show notes below. You can can kind of take a look at it and you'll get an example of it if you want one. Um, but it's something I'm starting to do on a weekly basis. And and Nate, have you ever thought about gathering names? Have you ever done that for for mailing list stuff yourself? Well, what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to like uh, because the thing is it's future proofing, guys. Mm -hmm. Like it literally is like because we th this is such a new industry and oh, there's yeah. so much that could go wrong or go positive. It could be around forever. Or it could be gone in a day. And that's the thing. It's like, or it could just be this platform. And then you got to evolve and figure out what's new. Because if you look at all the social medias, we all thought MySpace was going to be around forever. And the <laughs> Facebook comes around and MySpace is gone. So I'm, I'm right now, I'm in the process of actually like looking for what could potentially take me to the next level or how I can keep people around or how I can do stuff. But, um, I have been looking for longevity, but that's one reason why the, this is another topic for a different day. But this is why I didn't leave for Mixer. That's why I didn't. I did, haven't went to YouTube. That's why I haven't went to Facebook gaming is because when I see my longevity, what's going to happen here in five, ten years, I truly believe that Twitch is going to be around and these other platforms may give it a run for the money. But the brand loyalty for Twitch is here to stay. So. I'm still scheming up some stuff. So I, you know, that's going to be a topic for me a different day, but I'm definitely down Absolutely. with, I like the viewer list idea, getting in contact with people, staying in contact and trying to go from there. It is all that balance too. Like I said, you know, I'm not even sure if this, this trial of the newsletter thing, I, I definitely think gathering lists from your viewers over time. And, and again, it's a, it's a semi-invasive thing. So it's gotta be something you let them opt into in their own, you know, time and space but um it, you know having emails can never be a bad thing for you as a content creator um respecting people's boundaries though equally comes in exchange you know if you if you send too many emails people tune you out so we we could do again a huge you know deep dive into this but i think we're at a really good spot to leave you guys for this week and i would actually like to say 
if you have input, if you have thoughts of, of ways that, that you can improve audience connection or things that you'd like to see other streamers doing, maybe, you know, maybe you've been a longtime watcher and you're now converting over to a streamer yourself. Maybe share out some tips that you've seen, things that you really like. What I guess if I could leave you guys with a question for the week, what is the number one thing, an actionable thing that you've seen a streamer do that you're trying to incorporate into your stream? So if there is one thing you've seen another streamer do, what is that thing and how are you trying to incorporate it? So is it a mailing list? Is it that they do something special on Discord? Maybe you have like a certain night of the week. Is it that they uh, do something unique on Twitter and you want to kind of emulate that in your own stream? What is one thing you've seen another streamer do that you want to pull into your own your own stream there i think that'd be very interesting to hear that and if you guys want to send that you can send that to kyle dempster studios at gmail.com actually give me one extra second we have a a, a unique uh, gmail set up for this here we should make a unique twitter as well oh let's do it i'm in yeah wow. i'm kind of this? okay with it what is it? Is this Pat? I, I did it weird. I, I, a lot of my, when I do a podcast, I'll do like path to partner podcast, but I think this is just path to partner at gmail.com. How will I know this? Dear 10,000 passwords and accounts that I manage. What is, yeah. what are you? But that's one thing is we would love to hear from you guys. That's one thing we want to do. Um, this is our second show. So we're definitely trying to shape and hone in on everything that you guys want to hear. There's just so much. And since it's so new, we like don't want to go on one path or the other. So we're trying to stay focused. But there's the plethora of things. And we definitely want to hear back from you guys. So any input you want to say um, would be beneficial. Indeed. And I have confirmed it is path to partner at gmail.com path to partner at gmail.com and that will be in the description below um so like nate said maybe he and i will work on doing a like a shared twitter sort of account for this that would be very fun um we could post out some unique news over there and get it set up to uh, blast out when a new podcast has hit the feed uh all kinds of cool stuff so you guys let us know what you want to hear path to partner at gmail.com nate why don't you tell the fine folks where they can find you all across the internet Perfect. You can find me at twitch.tv slash gnarly, G-N-A-R-L-Y underscore N-A-T-E, gnarly Nate. And you can also find me on Twitter, which I actually realized what it was now. <laughs> it's uh, Twitter slash uh, gnarly underscore Nate T-T-V, same as Instagram. And uh, thank you guys for having me. And it's good to have you here. Thank you for for all of your input on this because this is I think this is such a great team up. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, it's over at twitter.com forward slash Kyle Dempster STU. They won't let me have the full studios, damn it. Uh, and then you can also find me over on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Dempster Studios live 2 p.m. on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, that that's the best place. Also, if you want to chat with either of us in real time, uh, discord.gg forward slash KDS is the easy way to get into my Discord server there. Um, Nate and I are around. Um, you could ping us. You know, you could chat anything you want to know. Very friendly community over there. Um, people will be very happy to you know help you out with any questions especially if you're especially if you're an elder scrolls player or even if you're into guild wars too because that's a genre I, I took up the other day just for the hell of it so thank you again to everyone tuning in and we will catch you guys next week till then have a great week everybody bye bye